taking sports to another level. Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Exploring the latest headlines and going behind the scenes with in-depth interviews, hearing personal stories and the impact of sports in their lives. Here's your host, Richmond Weaver. What time is it? Welcome, everyone. This is Rich Take on Sports, and we're back with you again this week. I am your host, Richmond Weaver, and glad you're listening through whatever format that might be. And thanks for being an investor by investing your time to listen. I'm absolutely amazed that this is episode number nine, and we're nine episodes into this podcasting journey. I have learned an unbelievable amount. I have been connected with so many different people, and it's been a thrill ride. And we've got many more episodes to come, so stay tuned for all of those. We're excited about more guests that we've got lined up and them being able to share their story and just the impact of sports in their life and what it has meant to them. Now, if you've missed any episodes, you can easily find those episodes on our website, richtakeonsports.com. And to stay current on the latest news from us, follow us on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. And now our guest this week is Zach McCrite, also known as the Big Easy. So let's jump right into the Rich Spotlight. Shining brightly to share the stories of people in sports. This is the Rich Spotlight. Joining us today in the Rich Spotlight is longtime sports talk radio personality Zach McCrite. And many of you will know him as the Big Easy. People in the Midwest will definitely know the Big Easy, where he's been a mainstay on the radio dial. Now, he started in Louisville, Kentucky in 2005 on 1570 The Zone, hosting the Big Easy Show, then moving to ESPN 93.9 The Ticket on the Easy and Bow Show, continuing in the Louisville market at Clear Channel Louisville, hosting Kentucky Sports Radio, and then eventually moved to St. Louis. There he was at 101 ESPN hosting Zach and the Coach, as well as Zach and Rammer. Then in 2013, Oklahoma City came calling, and he hosted the Casillas and Zach show with former Dallas Cowboys Tony Casillas until January of 2016. And during that time, he started a podcast appropriately named The Podcast About Sports Radio, and it provided tips, advice, and stories about sports radio from some of the most recognizable and informative voices in the industry. And he also has an unbelievable radio voice. Here's the interview with Zach McRite. Thanks for your time today, Zach. You got it, Richmond. Happy to be here. As I'd mentioned, I listened to your podcast and I'm excited now you can kind of share your your journey and the impact of sports in your life. So let's just dive right into it. Back to the early days of you growing up and what was about sports that you liked and why you started following sports? Well, I think the, I'm sure it's like this for a lot of people, but, you know, I liked the competition. You know, competition is just kind of what, what drove me. And I wasn't the best athlete and uh, not even close, but, but um, you know, I, I wanted to be, good and so when when you get to the point as most of us do that are into sports um as children we we, we find a place where we're like okay we're we're really not good enough like i mean we were we were biding time some of us bide our time as long as we can some of us can get all the way to, to to college athletics you know but eventually we're like you know we have to hang it up we have to hang it up and for me that 
that day came a lot earlier than probably a lot of others, you know, and, you know, in high school, early on in high school, I knew, you know, this just wasn't going to be, um, I, I wasn't going to be able to hang. I just didn't have the athletic prowess that others did. Um, but I wanted to stay in it. I'm just, I was just addicted to sports. I was addicted to the competition. Um, at least it wasn't even watching it, you know, instead of playing it, you know, I loved it. So I knew from an early age, even when I was still playing sports that I wanted to have a job in it. Um, and I, I just didn't know what it was. I, I yeah. you know, for a while, maybe it was going to be a referee to be an umpire or whatever, I'm, something. Um, but I, early on, I can remember being, you know, 12 years old and, putting in the old Nintendo game and, you know, like double dribble or whatever they had back then. And I'm doing my own play by play. You know, I wanted to be, wow. that was when Bob Costas was doing play by play of the NBA playoffs. Yes. I wanted to be Bob Costas. And, and so that was me. I wanted to do the play by play and all that stuff. And as I started to drift away from playing sports, when I started to get in high school, I was knocking on the door of a local radio station that had been doing, you know, I live in Indiana uh, now, right across the Ohio River from Louisville, Kentucky. So I've worked in the Louisville market forever. But the station I did, or uh, that, that I, I was going after, they were big into high school sports. And in Indiana, Indiana high school basketball, uh, you know, is just, it's it's way up on the list of things to do on a Friday and Saturday night in sure. Indiana, which some people may laugh at, but we're like, yeah, we're, we're very proud of it here. So I wanted to be on that station. I mean, to me, that was that was as big as ESPN at the time. That felt like that's exactly what I wanted to do. So at 14, I knocked on their door, asked for an internship. Just let me, let me keep stats with you guys and you do these games. And, um, thankfully they said, yes, the very first time we, I, I covered a game of doing stats. They threw the headset on me at halftime to, to announce the stats. And, you know, I'm, of course I'm urinating right down my leg. I, I did not know they were going to put the headset on me, but, from that point forward, I was hooked. Ended up getting a, you know, they started paying me when I was 15, okay. probably illegally. And, um, <laughs> but uh, ever since then, it was play by play. And eventually I got into sports talk in 2005. And uh, turns out I could make a little more money in sports talk. You know, here we are in 2017, still, still chugging along. So growing up, the sports that you played, did you play multiple sports or did you gravitate towards one? Um, I play. You know, I wasn't that big of a football player. Okay. Um, I liked it. I mean, I, I love football. I just was well, I just know I wasn't a good player. Yeah. Um, I gravitated more to baseball and basketball. Um, basketball probably my favorite. Baseball probably my best. Um, but yeah, I was I, I kind of with the exception of maybe football, and I guess I didn't. You know, I guess I didn't. I played a little bit of soccer growing up, but um, you know, I was I was into most of them. Now, in terms of doing the play by play and. It, do you prefer to do play-by-play for basketball over any of the other sports? Yeah, probably. You know, basketball for me, and it's different for everyone, but yeah. basketball for me, I feel like that I don't have to um, – I'm better when I'm not – when I don't have to think. I'm just – you know, when, at least when I don't think I'm thinking, uh, if that makes sense. But um, I, when when – the game is on. You can't stop as an announcer. You can't stop as a play-by-play guy in basketball. You can't stop. Whereas in football and baseball, you're going to have those walls of time. Now they can be filled, and I like I like them. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. But with basketball, I felt like I could paint the picture um, and do so without having to think about it. 
And um, I think with baseball and with football, it might take a little bit longer um, to to just describe what was going on. Try to you trying to add more paint to a picture in between plays. Um, whereas, you know, I don't know if I'm very good at that. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I'm great at that. I, you know, there are great storytellers out there and I yeah. wish I was a better one, but, um, I think with basketball, I could cut through all that and still be halfway decent. So basketball was it for me, for sure. And a lot of this play by play was just on the job training, having any oh, mentors yeah. that helped yeah. you or describe that. Not really. Um, I didn't have a coaching in, in any sort of radio really, uh, till, uh, till I moved to St. Louis, I, okay. I, they, somebody gave me a job in sports talk, uh, you know, and I'm super thankful for him today, Jason Barrett, um, who, who has a great website, sportsradiopd.com. Um, he heard me somehow, some way when I was doing sports radio in Louisville. Um, and I had been doing sports talk for six years at the time he hired me and he was really my first coach. I mean, and, and, uh, you know, I, before then I just did it all myself, whether it be play by play or sports talk. I just did what I could listen to other people. Um, you know, tried to, you know, tried to pick the brain of people locally that I knew, but I didn't know many people. There wasn't a lot of radio stations doing play by play or sports talk back in, you know, 97, 98, 99, 2000, you know, so, it was just kind of me going off the cuff and thankfully nobody fired me until so, until I finally found a coach. <laughs> <laughs> so now then you're in Louisville and kind of living out your passion, what you want to do. So then what was the decision to jump into the St. Louis market? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I got lucky. I mean, I totally got lucky. There was, you know, the right guy heard me and, and uh, they needed to, they needed an opening. You know, and or they needed to fill an opening, and I was um, I was blown away, obviously. And at that time, you know, I wasn't married yet; had okay. a girlfriend at the time, and she's now my wife. But um, she, uh, you know, she we talked about it, and I said, you know, if if we do this, we got to do the long distance thing for a while. And okay. she, but she knew that was my passion, and um, I, I knew it was just it, it was something I, I had to try. I would I would have beat myself up for the rest of my life if I didn't try it and turned out it, it went great. And it was, it was, uh, you know, one of the best things other than my wife and my kid that have happened to me, yeah. that, that has happened to me. I'm, I, I took a chance. I left the market, uh, a market that I felt like everybody knew me because I had been doing sports talk for six years in it and, and just took, took the dive and I'm glad I did. But yeah, um, if, without that offer, I, you know, who knows, I'd probably, I'd probably still be in Louisville and, and, uh, you know, and maybe somebody would have fired me by then. <laughs> so, no, I'm very thankful for sure. And then what about the decision to uh, jump into the Oklahoma City market? Yeah, I just had a, I, I had a great offer. It was, it was another one of those things where, you know, at, at that time I was married to my wife. This was 20, oh, uh, let's see, 2013, I guess, or, or, or no, beginning of 2014. And had another offer and it was like, all right, let's do it. Um, you know, the, uh, we flew out there, you know, went to, uh, met, met the boss, hung out with the boss a couple different occasions. And, um, you know, we, we kind of took a tour of the city and just said, is this something that we would like to do? And it, it was great. It was great. Loved the city. Um, Oklahoma city is one of the most, in my opinion, one of the most underrated cities 
in the country. And um, the metro, everything is so new in the metro and the downtown. Um, you know, before the thunder came, that their, their downtown was basically ghost town. The thunder came and it, it just revitalized everything. So everything looks brand new there. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, everything's a baby and it's, it's their baby and they love to take care of it and they're very proud of it. And, and uh, it's a beautiful city. So got a good offer there and we decided to, to jump again and we did it and, and uh, never looked back. And, and now uh, what about the differences or similarities between the three different markets you've been? Describe some of that. I would say that they're definitely all three different. Okay. I would say Louisville and Oklahoma city have more similarities um, than St. Louis. St. Louis is a, you know, as you know, a baseball crazed town, you know, and, and they got a bad rap for not supporting um, the NFL there, but you know, the, the product was just, it just wasn't there. And, and, and there was a disconnect between fans and the ownership there. Um, the ownership was never around. Stan Kroenke never, he never spoke. And there's the reason for that was we've come to find out years later that he never had any intentions of keeping the team in St. Louis. So, right. you know, there was just a disconnect there between the fans and, and the ownership and, and, but they get a bad rap, but there was a lot. I mean, I, I worked for the Rams radio network. The, we were the, we were the flagship and those were, we would get insane numbers. So I know the, the, the product um, was, was craved for, it's just, it, it was just a disconnect, but baseball though was, is, and always will be number one there. And, um, and, and, you know, and college is kind of off the radar, whereas Louisville and Oklahoma city, um, with the exception of the NBA team in Oklahoma city, they're both crazed college sports fans and they both have two colleges in the market. Um, you know, in, in Louisville, there's actually three really, if you, if you count Indiana yeah, yeah. Um, across the river, which there are a lot of, you know, the, the it, for those who don't know the geography around here, um, Louisville is, is right on the border of Indiana and Kentucky. So, um, you know, any station around here still covers a little bit of Indiana. Okay. And, uh, and so they, so there, there are a lot of Indiana fans and there's a lot of Kentucky fans. There's a lot of Louisville fans. So they both are all, they're all crazy toward each other. It makes for great radio around here. There's always a border war, uh, you know, on the, on the radio. So that, that definitely makes, um, those two cities a little bit different. Whereas your arch enemy in St. Louis, um, was, you know, 300 miles away, you know, which, so it just made it, it just made it different. It was, it's very cool in that batter. I like, that's how I, I enjoy the border wars on yes. radio. It's fun. Yeah. And how was Oklahoma city split in terms of sooner nation versus Oklahoma state? Oh, I'd say, I mean, it was definitely Oklahoma, um, first. Okay. I mean, I, that there was just, you know, it's, it's the, it's the state school, you know, and it's just, there, there was just, uh, more appeal for it. And I think part of it had to do with, you know, Oklahoma won and, and does win at a, at a better clip. And, and, and Mike Gundy has definitely, you know, he's closed the gap. Don't get me wrong, but you know, they're, you know, they're talking national titles or, or wanting and craving a national title at Oklahoma. And, you know, it's not quite there yet with Oklahoma state. So the fandom they shifted mostly in the Oklahoma direction. Yeah. But the cool thing about Oklahoma city was, the thunder kind of bonded everyone, you know, the, the border war between Oklahoma and Oklahoma state fans, that border kind of disappeared when it came to the thunder and okay. everybody 
everybody's in on the thunder. So I, I, I think that's what makes that city unique. And then moving, you know, from Oklahoma City back to Louisville, share with our listeners just that process, what was happening in the decision to to move, you know, where things, you know, looked like they were going really well for you from a career standpoint in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Um, you know, we, I, my wife, God bless her. She, she, uh, like I told you before, she, I, she knew that this was my passion and this was something that I just love to do. And so she followed me. I mean, she, she packed up, she loved She's so close with her, with her family. Um, I mean, and I am too. Um, but she left all of that to go with me and, you know, she never complained. She loved it. Um, I think we, we've talked about it since we've moved back to our, uh, native area, you know, how much, how thankful we are to have had the experiences of getting to live in different cities and stuff like that. But, you know, I had a year left on my contract and we had just had our first child in Oklahoma city. Uh, we got number two on the way. Oh, fantastic. Which is Congratulations. Kind of, uh, thank you. Yeah. And, um, so, when we had her, you know, everything was fine. And, and, uh, you know, everything, we were kind of chugging along. We were surprised that early on our baby was sleeping like right out of the gate, six, okay. seven hours a night without waking up to be fed. We we're like, that's, that's weird. That's um, insane. You know, that's we were right. so proud. We were so <laughs> proud of it. You know, eventually our doctor was like, you know, that's not right. You know, that's, something's not right here. Well, she ended up having three holes in her heart and, um, back to choosing, uh, rest over food. Okay. She would get so tired trying to eat. Yeah. Um, because her heart was working at four times the regular rate. So she would get so tired and her brain would just say, okay, I, I'm, I'm not even going to eat. I'll just, I'll just rest. And eventually she was going to die of dehydration. Now, I mean, it, that was, we don't know how long it would have been, maybe a month, maybe, maybe a year, but then she was not growing and eventually she was going to die of dehydration. So she had to have open heart surgery everything went well. I mean, it's, it's all good now. It was a very scary process and the recovery was the, the initial recovery was hard on everyone. I'm sure including the baby. But, um, after that, I think that was the first time my wife really got homesick. And, um, and, and she was like, you know, we, we need this baby to recover, you know, with other family around her. And I agreed. I agreed. And it, it didn't take a whole lot of pushing from me. And, um, as much as I loved Oklahoma city and gosh, we were, we were making headway to the, to the point where it was a brand new station basically that I was working at Okay. and we moved home, uh, in January of 16, we moved home and my boss sends me an email a couple, you know, a month or a couple of weeks, something like that later. And we had, we had beaten for the first time in the, in the final, in my, in my final book there, we had beaten the. 20-year sports heritage station wow. in Oklahoma City, which was the only one in there in that market forever until yeah. the until the one I worked for came along, and, uh, and so it's a good way to go out for sure. But yeah. it's like, man, you know, would have loved to have stayed and kind of saw that out, but um, but definitely made the right decision in coming home. Well, obviously, there's points in your career where you just have to make a decision that family comes first, and obviously, you did that there for all the right reasons as well. Sure. So, and honestly, Richmond, I think if, if you, if you, if you end up going through a life where you don't have to make really, really tough, perhaps life altering decisions, you're probably not living. You know what I, I mean? Agree. Like it's I agree. Probably, you're probably just, 
and, and, and they suck. Sometimes those decisions that you have to make suck. But, um, but if, if you're in the position that you have, that you have to make those sorts of decisions, I think it means you're living. Yes. It means you're, you're, you're living a life. And I mean, you're, you're, you're living a pretty good life. It's not always easy, but you're, yeah, you have, you have to do big things to, uh, you know, you have to make big decisions to really live a full life. And so that was definitely one of them. Making that decision to move to Louisville. Was that the opening for you to you know, start your podcast, uh, about sports radio? I actually started it while I was still in Oklahoma State. Oh, you did? Okay. Uh, believe it or not. Um, we, I am a big podcast listener. You know, there was one day I just, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I, I was, I was done listening to whatever I was listening to. And, you know, I was out of episodes, you know, which happens sometimes yeah. and you get, you get kind of frustrated. You're like, I want to listen to something else. Well, I'm like, you know, I'm going to look for something in my genre, in my, in my work. There's got to be a podcast about our industry. There's podcasts about the, uh, you know, the car industry, That's right. the, you know, the, the, the gardening interest industry, the lawn industry, the, the concrete industry, yes. you know, the grilling, the grilling industry. I'm just looking at stuff out, out in my yard yes. right now talking <laughs> to you. And, and there's podcasts about all those things. That's so right. Searching for one about sports radio. And I couldn't find one. And I was like, well, screw it. I'll start one, you know? And so I, I started one and I, you know, it, it kind of gave me an excuse, honestly, to, to pick the brain of people in, in my industry that yeah. I've always wanted to, uh, you know, pick their brain it, instead of me cold calling them or cold emailing them and going, Hey, you know, I'm just wondering if I could, you know, take you out for a cup of coffee yeah. or if I could, if I could just get you on the phone for five minutes, or if you could respond to a couple of these questions on email, which just felt so weird. Um, and, and so, and, and cold, you know, yeah. it's obviously it was cold. Well, my, now I could, I could, get in contact with those same people and go, Hey, I'm hosting a podcast. Would you come on it? And it was so much easier for those people to say, yes. I was like, Oh, well I should have done this a long time ago. I mean, this, I, I want to pick these guys brains anyway. That's right. Well, let's just do a podcast and just do it. We'll just record it, you know? And, um, turned out to be, it turned out to be a hit and, and uh, people in the industry listened to it. Yeah. And honestly, it, it probably helped my brand. I didn't know it. I didn't know. It. I didn't think it would at the time. It was just something I was doing for fun. But okay. It helped my brand because I could I could interview people in the industry that would then hear you know and then hire people in the industry would listen to it um, and and I, now now it wasn't a problem if I called them and and said hey will you come on the podcast because they've listened to me do it and they know I'm not a, you know they know at least I might not be the best interviewer in the world but they know at least I'm not a schlub <laughs> because they've heard other podcast other That's podcast right. episodes and like yeah sure I'll do that and. Then you hear from PDs around the country and you're like, they're like, Hey, um, you know, this opening here, this opening here, we might have something. I just okay. want to introduce myself, you know, you know, just, you know, you know and, and you're on our radar and I'm yeah. like, wow, I had no idea. Like, that's awesome. But you know, thank you. So yeah, it, all that stuff really, really worked out to where, you know, you, you kind of, it opened up doors to, um, new relationships and, um, potential opportunities. Not that I've taken any, um, because you know, Louisville is home for now. Um, but, um, but you know, just very, you know, getting to go up and hang out in Bristol at the ESPN headquarters a couple times, you know, oh. and it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's really opened up a lot of doors. Oh, I can imagine. So how are things right now in Louisville? Well, right now I'm just, uh, I'm just filling in, you know, I, I, 
there have been there have been offers and um and it's it's not that I've said no to any of them. It's just got to be the right uh, opportunity, and and it and it has it hasn't been yet. But you know, there's I, thankfully I, I've got a great relationship with um, with uh, most of the stations here yeah, in the market, um, and and we, and we can always you know there's always kind of an open conversation, and and you know eventually I think. I think I'll be getting into it full time eventually. I don't okay. know when, but in the meantime, I'm kind of enjoying uh, life. I work for uh, my family business, which is in uh, highway construction. Okay. Uh, and um, and and our family business has been around for like 20 years, and so I'm kind right. of I've been getting back into that, like in my old days whenever yeah. I was here as a youngster, and uh, and then you know filling in for Bob Valvano on ESPN here in Louisville. Yeah. And uh, and some other places, so I I get I get my fill. I get enough to keep my uh, keep my palate wet, if you will. I completely understand. Just in terms of your palate throughout the years, what are some of the most memorable moments in, in broadcasting, or you know, people you've interviewed in, in your career? Well, um, man, there's there's been a lot. Uh, you know, when I, when I, whenever I think about, I guess the podcast is on my mind right now. Um, when I did it about uh, when I did it with Colin Cowherd, and he's been on a couple times. You know, one thing that always stuck out to me, and and that he said, and of course he said it. I mean, he he's he's just he he's a wealth of knowledge about yes. about the industry and and really about sports as well. But you know, he he said I don't get paid to be right, you know, with predictions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I get paid to be entertaining. You know, he's like there's he's like there's people that are a hundred times more right than I am. And they're doing overnights in, in Scranton, you know, uh, and, and, you know, he says, that's not the point, you know, just, just be entertaining. If you're wrong, who cares? You know, it might even be good for you. I mean, you know, and and no offense to Skip Bayless, but look at Skip Bayless, you know, he's wrong all the time. And, but he's entertaining. He's entertaining. And I, he's not my, he's not my cup of tea, but he, He's plenty of people's cup of tea, and some people probably even hate watch him. And but that it's because he's entertaining. And like I said, he's not my cup of tea, but I get it. And I think that's I think that's one of the things that's always stuck with me. When Colin said that, it made it totally made totally made sense. We think like we might think that in the back of our minds, but really to hear it from somebody else, especially as, as somebody as successful as him, it really really left a mark on me. Um, that I mean, obviously, when you get to cover cool things. It's awesome. Covering the Super Bowl, uh, you know, from Radio Row and, and getting to stay in the Super Bowl city all week. There's just that sort of stuff. You can, I mean, it's, it's awesome. Um, you know, getting to cover a World Series champion in 2011 with the St. Louis Cardinals is something that's just so cool. Um, you know, getting to cover the NBA playoffs in Oklahoma City where that place is just crazy. That place yeah. is crazy. Okay. Um you know, and, and UofL versus Kentucky games, Louisville versus Kentucky, uh, basketball games here. Unbelievable. You know, that, that's, it's, it's those sorts of things that, that really stick in your mind. And, and the interviews that you just know you end up getting something out of like one, another, I'll give you one more that comes to mind when junior say killed himself. Okay. When he committed suicide, um, one of his best friends was Sean Salisbury and, we asked Sean to come on um, the next day 
And I can't even tell you what the question was anymore. But the the question, the, the answer was so profound that it kind of hits you in between the eyes. Like, man, I'm, I'm not, I, I feel I was just, I was doing a radio show. I'm thinking I, this is my job. This is my business. I'm doing a radio show. Let's get this guy on. And then we have Sean Salisbury on and his best friend just committed suicide and he's bawling on the radio. He's bawling. And I'm like, man, that it's not, this is not just a radio show. Like this is, sure. these are people's lives. I mean, sometimes we forget that about these athletes that we cover that, you know, they're human. They're very, very human. And, um, just in that moment, I can remember going, man, I got to stop being so serious about sports. Like I, I can remember, I can remember thinking that like, I, I got to stop being so serious about why such and such didn't make a catch in a football game. You know what I mean? Like I, we, we, exactly. let's talk more about the social aspects. Let's talk more about, um, how this guy, not, not that this guy threw a wild pitch that scored the winning run for the opposing team, but how you, how do you think he's feeling today? Like the more, you know, more of the, more of the psychology of sports and the of sociology of sports and less about the X's and O's. And I think once that kind of, you know, I think Sean Salisbury unlocks that for me. And, um, I think when that happened, I became better. Um, let's, let, let's not talk so much about, this play or that play or whatever, let's talk about the emotions um, and stuff like that. And I, I, for me, that's, uh, it's given me a whole lot more to talk about and hopefully it's been entertaining. No question about it. I know that had to be impactful. Just wrapping things up, you know, here, Zach, just in terms of the impact of sports, what has that meant to you in your life and the lessons you've learned with sports playing such an integral part? Oh, you know, that, I think it's like, not everyone's like this, but I, I'll go back to how we kind of started. Um, and it's, it's it, for, for me, I think competition is good. Everyone. Um, and maybe it's not, maybe I'm wrong, but I know it's good for me. It, it kind of keeps me, um, it, it, it makes it easier for me to have a goal. We have, we have to, let's, let's win this. Let's try, you know, let's, let's win this. Let's beat this guy. And, and, I hate to be uber competitive, but, um, you know, and I don't mean it as, you know, I, the people I compete against in sports radio, you know, I, 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 I like them. Um, I, I mean, I respect them all and I think they're, they're great people, but I do still want to beat them as they yeah. do me. And I think that, that makes, um, that just kind of gives you the drive. It gives you the, the want to, to wake up in the morning and, and be good again at your craft or be better yeah. at your craft. And the same happened when I was a kid, you know, in sports and growing up with sports. It's just the, the fact that there was a winner or a loser always made me want to be on the winning side and always gave me the drive to want to be better at it. Um, I, I need that. I need to have some sort of, I got to have a goal. And I think with sports and with sports radio, and that happens with a lot of our jobs as well. We, you know, especially people that are in like stuff like sales and stuff. Well, yes. I need to beat this guy. I need to hit my goal, you know, stuff like that. I think that stuff is um, not only healthy, but for me, it's kind of a survival tactic. And I think sports and sports radio have kind of given me that, um, that, that door that I can, that, that I can walk through and try to win every day. Fantastic. 
Well, we'll finish up with what I like to always ask our, our, our guests, Zach, and that's any words of wisdom or pearls, anything, phrases, quotes that have meant a lot to you uh, that you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh, you know, I think I, I think I already kind of gave it to you. You don't have to be, you don't have to be right all the time. If you, if you want to be in sports radio, if you want to be in sports talk, that is, you don't have to be right all the time. You just, you just have to be entertaining. And, um, you know, I think that's a, I think that's something that you know, you, you kind of live, you can kind of live, live life that way too with, you know, when it comes to your family and stuff, <laughs> you don't have to be right all the time. You love to be right. But you don't have to be right with your wife or with your kids or whatever. But you you do have to uh, you do have to kind of be with them. To um, you have to know you're there. You have to they have to know you're there. You have to be present with them. You don't always have to be right. And um, and I think maybe that's the the one big thing. Maybe that's it. You don't always have to be right. Life is going to be good either way. Well said. And I have finally, over the years that I've matured, I've come to that realization that I don't have to be right. And it's made a world of difference for me as well, for sure. (laughs) It really is. And this time with you has been fantastic as well. And I can't thank you enough, Zach, and greatly appreciate it. Well, I'm, I'm, I am, it was a pleasure. I'm very thankful and honored that you called and, and good luck with the podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Zach McCright, the Big Easy, and I'm excited for him to get back on the radio airwaves. And it just goes to show you again, though, that there's times in life where family comes first. And it's also great just to hear that his daughter is back vibrant and healthy again as their family continues to grow. And again, I'm looking forward to the Big Easy getting back on the radio waves. Let's continue with this episode and move to the weekly words of wisdom. Keeping encouragement and motivation rich. Keeping encouragement and motivation rich. Let's explore the weekly words of wisdom. In honor of all the fathers, as we're celebrating Father's Day this weekend, our weekly words of wisdom come from Arthur H. Jackson Brown Jr. And his quote comes from his book, A Father's Book of Wisdom. And it reads this, Life doesn't come with an instruction book. That's why we have fathers. And that is so true. I know a lot of us lean on our dad and just being able to gain knowledge from that. And I have a unique situation where I never knew my biological father. So every Father's Day, I do reflect on just the void that I've had of not having my biological father in my life. Now, I've had a stepdad who filled that and I do call him dad, but it still is not the same. And as much as I love my stepdad, there is that situation of trying to define yourself and understand who you are, especially when you don't know your biological father. And for me, the way I tried to define myself was through sports and being connected that way. And that's probably no different than a lot of you out there who also didn't have a father in your life or never knew your father or an absent father. And there was that void and sports was a way for you to somewhat fill that void. So if you have the ability, please be with your children, be that father. So they're not trying to fill the void. And as much as I love sports and as much as it's been a great connecting and a way to define myself and I know others have as well, it's still just not the same. And That will wrap up episode number nine. And remember, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. 
Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Thanks for listening. <laughs>